Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Palo Alto Networks has the broadest, most comprehensive cybersecurity for private cloud, public cloud, and SaaS environments because secure clouds are happy clouds. Protect yours today at go.paloaltonetworks.com slash secure clouds. Want to understand creativity? Enlist an AI collaborator by Nick Stockton. A metronome ticks time, not for the student, but for the teacher who plays a short piano melody. Without missing a measure, the student follows with an improvised yet derivative cello run. The student plays the same run again, and then again. I have it looping, actually, so you can hear the response over and over again, says the teacher, Jesse Engel, a computer scientist with Google Brain. And you can hear some similarities with what I played, but it's not doing the job of trying to replicate what I played. It's trying to continue it in a meaningful way. The student here is an artificial intelligence algorithm, the instrument, a synthesizer. And the real lesson is teaching an audience of hundreds how computers might someday become capable of producing real works of art. Engels is on stage at NYU's Skirball Center for the Performing Arts as part of the 2017 World Science Festival, along with three like-minded experts. Each of them is there to showcase how they nurture creativity in computers. Which begs the question, what is creativity? The broadest definition is any non-linear solution to a problem. Music is a creative way of making noises that sound pleasant. Language is creative communication. Airplanes are a creative solution to the problem of flight. But the fact that we can build airplanes that fly faster and higher than birds does not necessarily explain how birds fly, or how they evolved to fly, says Peter Ulrich Chi, a neuroscientist at Dartmouth College. Chi is on stage with Engel, but rather than using AI to tackle a creative endeavor such as music, he believes they are a vehicle for understanding the nature of creativity itself. In humans, creativity evolved mysteriously. Homo sapiens became a distinct species around 200,000 years ago. 
Our ancestors' characteristic, or sapient, if you will, feature was their huge foreheads, the site of the frontal cortex where high-level reasoning occurs. But the earliest indications of creativity in humans didn't appear until relatively recently. A sculpture of a human with a lion's head, one of the earliest examples, dates to around 40,000 years ago. That, and other archaeological evidence from the same time period, means we Homo sapiens likely spent most of our evolutionary history with unrealized creative potential. However, no physical evidence exists to explain what flipped the switch. Thoughts don't leave fossils. Neurocircuits don't leave fossils, says Chi. All we have are bones and skulls and artifacts. Artificial intelligence's path towards creativity probably won't ever fully explain how it evolved in humans. At most, it will give neuroscientists like Chi ways to examine the problem laterally. But it could help scientists understand creativity's theoretical limits. Lav Varshney, another member of the onstage panel, is working on a mathematical theory of creativity. The way I've been defining it is things that are both novel and of high quality in their domain, says Varshney, an engineering theorist at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. For example, a new kind of food. In the case of cuisine, Varshney says he trains his AI to measure goodness based on things like hedonic psychophysics. That's a branch of research that studies the molecular properties of human flavor perception. He does similar work in fashion, feeding his algorithm information on color matching and so on. And according to his research, creativity has theoretical limits. Varshney says that as you increase the value of both quality and novelty, you get more and more noise. That is, it becomes harder and harder to distinguish the newness and the goodness of a thing. This probably explains why the avant-garde is so, well, avant-garde. Like Engel, Varshney is also teaching algorithms to compose music. On stage, he demonstrates one that is learning to compose in the style of Bach. But he points out this is not pure creativity. The computer learns by having another algorithm, a teacher, progressively introduce constraints. Here are different available instruments. These are chords. This is what it means to sing in soprano. In essence, the algorithm is replicating Bach's creativity, not evolving its own creative genius. As such, AI algorithms are best suited to be creative collaborators which is exactly what Su Gwen Chung displays next. Chung is a visual artist, currently an in-residence at Bell Labs, who draws with a robotic arm assistant. I've had a lot of human collaborators and thought it was time to switch it up a little bit, she says. Watching the pair, woman and machine, work together is mesmerizing. At first, it looks like the arm is mirroring her strokes, but as a piece progresses, you see that the arm has its own style. Yes, a style that is derivative of Chung's, but still not the same. When Chung first started using the robotic arm, called Doug, she thought the collaboration itself might be part of the artistic performance. However, she now believes the arm is pushing her to consider new creative frontiers. When I collaborate with this algorithm, there's a real randomness and sense of unpredictability to it, and a lack of understanding that's kind of exciting, she says. 
If that kind of freedom is at the heart of creativity, the next logical question is whether algorithms could ever eclipse human creativity. Engel, who has settled back into his seat after his performance, seems to think the answer is no. The intentionality is human on both ends of the spectrum, he says. That is, humans are both the input and the consumer for anything a computer creates. You can treat it more like a garden, he says. You control the garden at a high level, planting seeds, watering it, and pruning as necessary. But the garden grows on its own. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.